Welcome to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition. I'm Tara Gleason, your host for this week. Before we get started, I would like to thank the sponsor for today's podcast, Fort Lee Area Spouses Club. This is our final podcast in our month-long series dedicated to recognizing and honoring Black History Month. MSEC is joining our country in highlighting community members and leaders under the theme, Honoring the Past and Shaping the Future. Today on the show, we have Amanda Woodyard, MSEC's Director of Community Engagement and Outreach for the National Capital Region. Good morning, Amanda, and thank you so much for chatting with me today. Good morning, Tara. Thank you for having me today. And Amanda and I have been friends for some time now, so we were saying before we got on today that this really is two friends sitting here chatting. I don't know if she has coffee, but I have my coffee here, so I'm so so glad that she's with us. So let's begin with you sharing a little bit about you and your spouse's upbringing in New York City. So, Terry, you have coffee and I have tea, so we're off to a very good start. <laughs> so my husband and I grew up in New York City. Um, we grew up in Queens, and I was born in Brooklyn. And we met in high school and I always think it's, it's, it's really a privilege to have grown up in New York because they call it the melting pot and it has the opportunity to provide you with so many cultural things to take advantage of, like the food, the museums, you know, we didn't have to go very far to learn about all the other cultures that were in different neighborhoods like Little Italy, um, Chinatown, Harlem. So I think it was an amazing advantage and a learning playground for anybody who did have the opportunity to grow up in New York. And our high school was very diverse. We had people from all nationalities, all colors, all races, all cultures. And it was our first opportunity to learn firsthand from other people about their culture. And I think it was an amazing opportunity. And I think it's interesting that your high school experience with that rich cultural diversity that so many of our military connected students also get to experience as a result of the mobile lifestyle. So you and your husband's experiences in your high school kind of are similar to some of our military kids who, who get that exposure to culture and diversity throughout their travels um, with their parents. I definitely think it prepared us or it prepared me for the military lifestyle. Absolutely growing up in New York, I would say prepared me for the military lifestyle because I didn't know what to expect. Can you tell me what inspired you and who would you say was your role model growing up? I would absolutely say that my role model is my parents, especially my dad. My dad worked two and three jobs in New York in order to save enough money to start his own business. They are originally from Jacksonville, North Carolina, and my dad worked a job in the New York public system for about 30 years before he decided to buy a piece of property in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and start, start a business with he and my mom. And I just saw him, I saw his work ethic, and I saw what it meant to really work hard to have an idea and bring it to fruition. I think he and my mom were amazing partners together in working very hard because his his dream was to create a legacy for his children or his child because I'm an only child and his granddaughters. So I saw the the sacrifices he made in order to bring his dream 
to reality. So I, I admire them a great deal. Parents play just a vital role. And so many times through these interviews that we've had over the course of the last three years that we've done this podcast, when we've, when I've encountered really strong individuals as adults, like you are almost every single time and also extraordinary military kids, they reference their parents and how their parental influence. So I, I have goosebumps right now because man, how important it is that we are now parents, you and I are, right. and how important our parents were to who we are right now. So thank you for sharing that story. And I think as we get older, Tara, you know, and we reflect, then that is when we realize what a big influence our parents were. And really, they are our first influencers. Yeah, you're right. Can you tell me about your experiences as a family in the military? Well, when I married my husband, I, I had very little knowledge of what it would be as a spouse in the military because my father was not in the military. So I really didn't have a lot of background and what it was like to uh, become a military family. And I feel like I learned on the job. But as a whole, we had great experiences traveling all over the world. And unfortunately, some experiences were not as good as others, but we learned from it and it exposed us to myself included and our girls to experiences we would not have been able to have. And one of our mottos for the girls would be, um, my husband always said, we're going to be like lily pads on water. We're just going to go where it leads us, make the best of each experience that we have. So with that in mind, it, it really opened our minds for the opportunities that each assignment was going to present. We knew we were going to be there either a long period of time or a short period of time, but we were definitely going to make the best of it. And I think with that in mind, it really it really opened our mindset to what the military was going to offer us as a family. Can you share a little bit more about both you and your husband's experiences and your girls' experiences when it comes to the exposure that you had, or in some cases, some places that you live with the lack of exposure of those that you were among when it comes to diversity and race? Well, there were definitely some assignments where we were either the only Black family or among very few Black families. And there were two experiences that come to mind, one for myself and one for our oldest daughter. Um, for myself, I had gone on a job interview and I was sitting at the table waiting for the gentleman to come out and ask me to come in for the interview. And there happened to be another lady sitting at the table and she was a, an older white lady. And when he came out, he went directly to her. He said, are you Amanda Woodyard? And she says, no. And he looked around the room and he didn't see anybody who he thought would look like the person with that name. So I said, I'm Amanda Woodyard. And he paused and he didn't even really know what to say. I could see the expression on his face that he didn't expect me to be a person of color. And when I went to the interview, all the people who were on the panel, they were white as well. And they were so um, taken aback that they really didn't even know what questions to ask me. And needless to say, the interview was uncomfortable for them, but it wasn't uncomfortable for me because I experienced those things before. Because a lot of times when they assume that Amanda is a white person, and I am not. 
So that was not my first time experiencing that, but you know, I was not surprised to say the least. And the second time was when my oldest daughter, or our oldest daughter was, she was about three. We had gone into a, a, a Chinese takeout restaurant and there happened to be a little boy who was also Asian and he was the same age as, as she was. And, you know, they kind of just connected. He walked up to her and he touched her hand and he would just rub his little finger across her hand. And that was a pivotal moment for me because I realized he saw the difference in her and he said, she doesn't look like me, but it was just a matter of curiosity for him. And I thought it was such a sweet moment because there was no dialogue involved, but he absolutely recognized that here's a person who looks like me, but is definitely different than I am. And his way of expressing that was to rub his little finger across her hand. For the story that you shared about the employment opportunity that you were at with the interview, do you see that that is a, and you said that you'd experienced that before, do you think that's a regional experience or a universal, regardless of the places that you've lived, because you've had the opportunity to move so often and seek employment in, in various locations? I'm just curious about that. That's an interesting question, Tara, and I would say that I would want to say it's regional, but I had experiences in the South like that, and I've had experiences in the North. So unfortunately, I don't think it is regional. I think it is, I think it's more telltelling to, to the people and their exposure to people of color. And I don't think that has anything always to do with the region. I remember in one of our talks that you talked about a time that you responded to your daughter who'd encountered what I would consider racist comments to her. And just, I was taken aback by your parental response to that. Do you wanna speak to that story and share a little bit about your approach and your husband's approach to when your children have encountered those type of experiences? Yeah, we never want our children to experience this, those things. You know, I know I've experienced it, my husband has experienced it, but unfortunately we can't shield our children from it. And my daughter happened to be in middle school at the time. And my other daughter, she was in high school and she experienced the same thing. So they both experienced it to some degree. But this particular time, my daughter was on the school bus and she came home and she says, mom, uh, the kids are teasing me. They say, I, I talk like I'm white. I said, well, there's no such thing. I said, because race has nothing to do with how you speak. You know, we, we emphasize dialect and good grammar here so that's not true and the other daughter you know because the way she speaks she got she got labeled as being an oreo and we had to address that as well so it is a hard conversation to have but i think my husband and i instilled in them by exposure and the things that we've taught them along the way that you know you're going to encounter these things but what's most important is how you handle them because you are a representation of us. You are a representation of our family. So you stand in your truth and you move forward and, and um, present yourself the best way possible. I think it's so important to have those tough conversations like the one that you had with your children 
and for those of us who are not people of color to have those conversations with our children as well. So I'm really appreciative of you sharing how you approach that with your children and, and I'm really glad that you shared that story. So thank you so much for that. What would you suggest when it comes to having these tough conversations? I think in order to have tough conversations, it's better that we provide a an atmosphere of comfort because no one wants to have the tough conversations. And when I say that, I mean, I mean, we need it needs to be without judgment and allow for open mindedness to share some of those painful experiences. And I think from those tough conversations, if we can in with empathy and understanding, it can lead to progress and change. I think that is just excellent advice. And my question was going to be, how do we create that comfort? And then you stepped right in and said exa exactly how to do that. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you. I want to shift gears just a little bit because this is the first time our listening audience has heard about you and your role um, at MSEC because you have a new initiative that not many people know about. Would you mind taking just a couple of minutes to share a little bit about the work that you're doing? Yes. I am in Washington, D.C., the national capital region. And what we know about this region is sometimes it can be difficult for military families to PCS here and kind of navigate the system because there's so many military installations here. We have several school districts here and we don't always have the comforts of what it's like when we live on base or when it's what it's like when there's only one school choice. Here there are several school choices. And because it's such a transient area, it's not always easy for military families to connect. So the military parent advocate volunteer for the National Capital Region, which is a team that we have here on the ground, our goal is to help military families navigate this area as seamless as possible. And that means as they transition into the community and as students transition, transition into schools. We have the Purple Star Initiative that we are working really, really hard to establish here in this area because we want all of our schools to be Purple Star. And one example that I use because I spoke to a parent not too long ago was they were coming from Lackland Air Force Base and their students came at that particular school, their students were involved in an S2S program. And when they PCSed here, they were looking for a school that also had an S2S program. And I think those type of transitions are important because we want students to be able to have an ease with each transition that they have, especially once they enter school. So that is the goal of the um, Military Parent Advocate Volunteer Program here in the National Capital Region. We also wanna give parents the opportunity to learn more about MSEC. And the way we do that is we offer parent talkbacks and it's a two-way street because we want to hear the trending questions that come from parents and know better how we can meet their needs with the resources and supports that MSEC offers. And we want to know how we can do better. You know, we want to know how we can do better for parents. We want to know how we can do better for teachers, administrators, and students. So if 
someone wants to find out more about the work that you're doing, or maybe they're interested in becoming a military parent advocate volunteer in your area, how can they reach you or find out more about what you have going on? I encourage them to follow us on our Facebook page. It's the Military Parent Advocate Volunteers, and it's for the National Capital Region. Or I can be reached at amanda.woodyard at militarychild.org. Excellent. So this podcast, as you know, is all about telling stories. Do you have any final stories or words of advice that you would like to share? I think it's important to know that we all have a story to tell. And that's children, that's spouses, that's adults, you know, that's individuals in general. And I think this pandemic has taught us that we need to slow down and we need to ask people how are you doing, you know, and just start that dialogue. Because like I say, I think we all have a story to tell. And especially during Black History Month, I think it's taught us that even though it is important to know our history, it is also important to recognize that people are making history every day and they have a story to tell as well. So I encourage people to ask this simple question and find out about um, the accomplishments that that everyone has at some particular point because we don't all have the we don't all have the luxury of being on a podcast, but we do all have stories to tell. So I encourage people to ask. That's great advice. So as we mentioned earlier, throughout February, we've been honored to be able to share stories like yours that offer moments to honor the past and shape the future by inspiring others in support of Black History Month. I'd like to end today by asking if you'd be willing to share your favorite quote or personal thought on the importance of Black history. My grandfather was a, a pastor and he would tell my dad, a rugged cross makes a shiny crown. And my dad would tell that to me as well. And I've shared it with my girls. And for me, that means you have to do the hard work and things are not always easy. But if you put in the hard work, you will get the reward. And I, I feel like your parents modeled that hard work too in your hard work story that you shared um, about them earlier. So that's excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Before we say goodbye this week, I'd like to thank you, Amanda, for joining me in this conversation today. Thanks so much. Thank you, Tara. You've been listening to the MSEC podcast, the official podcast of the Military Child Education Coalition, sponsored today by the Fort Lee Area Spouses Club. You can listen to this podcast and those archived by topic when you subscribe and download at Podbean, iTunes, and Google Play. MSEC's all military connected children by educating, advocating, and collaborating to resolve education challenges associated with the military lifestyle. Learn more about our partnerships, programs, and initiatives at militarychild.org. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram for the latest on our enduring mission to serve the children of those who serve us all. Be sure to join us again next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>